Welcome to Creatives Grab Coffee, the podcast on the business of video production. Creatives Grab Coffee is hosted by Dario Nuri and Kirill Lazarov from Labs Productions. Our goal is to share knowledge and experiences from video production professionals around the world. Whether you're a freelancer looking to start your own business or a seasoned business owner aiming to scale your company, this is the show for you. Join us as we develop a community of like-minded creatives looking to learn and help each other grow. Welcome to the business of video production. Welcome to Creative Scrap Coffee. Before we get started with the show, let's go over today's sponsors. Do you have a shoot in Toronto? Do you need crew or a strong production partner to help you with your project? Laps Productions is one of the top production companies in Toronto and your go-to video partner. With our strong creative skills and extensive network, we can help you achieve your goal. Laps Productions is able to offer you production services, white label services, or finder fees for project handoffs. Reach out to us on our website at lapsproductions.com to learn more. My name is Miran. Welcome to Canada Film Equipment. We are a boutique rental house based in Toronto. We are here to help you guys out with all production sizes. Feel free to contact us to get a quote if you are a production house and you're looking for lighting, camera packages, or lighting and group fan packages. You can see our contact information in the link below. We are more than happy to help you guys out. Make sure you follow and subscribe to creativesgrabcoffee.com. Thank you. Hey, what's up everybody? I'm Matt, welcome to Audio Process. We are a boutique audio company doing location sound, sound design, post sound, ADR, Foley. We service equipment. We do all your audio needs here in Toronto. We got you covered. Come on down, audioprocess.ca. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and all of the other internet things to creativesgrabcoffee.com. They'll be waiting for you, I'll be waiting for you, and we're all gonna have a real good time. And now, let's begin the show. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we have another exciting episode for you. We have Damien Fitzsimmons from Brave Man Media. So Damien, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Right. So I guess we'll just start with uh, the backstory. We'll get that out of the way and then we can dive into some more exciting topics because I know everyone always gets annoyed by the backstories. But hey, we got we got to know who these people are, right? So The 411. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll try. I will try and give you the cliff notes yeah so i'm damien fitzsimmons i'm the creative director and co-owner of Brayman media um you might hear that i got an accent i'm originally from liverpool in the north of england i moved um back here about 15 years ago i used to write for tv i wrote for the bbc and i was was it, it was cool but I got to a point in my career there where if I wanted to advance, I, I had to get it onto one of the soap operas. And I, I don't watch soap operas. I hate soap operas. And I just was like, you know, I'd rather just come back to the States where I had some roots. So I came back to the States about 15 years ago. I had this super romantic idea. I was going to write, you know, the next Schindler's List in my apartment. And I had a day job in a cafe. Next thing you know, I'm detailing cars at the weekend because I've always broke and I'm like yeah I gotta do something else so I was a very competent writer and you had to edit and I was a pretty good shooter and so I set up a little company in, in my bedroom um, called Braidman Media and um, my business partner 
and head of production, Ian Lacroix, joined me about two years after I kicked it off. Uh, and yeah, that, that's where we're at today. You know, I'm no longer a starving artist, which is great. Um, <laughs> it's it's you know it's it's challenging because I still my 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 love is still to write and direct. Um, and but I feel fortunate that I am in a industry that allows me to be creative every day. And so so yeah, that's that's where we're at. So. I guess that's the backstory. Ian and I are both really keen on film and making films. Uh, so we started out of my bedroom and it's kind of funny, like we would have like these crazy insane deadlines and we would do double shifts. Ian's a bit of a night owl. So he had a key to my apartment. I would like edit till midnight and then he would let himself in and then edit till five o'clock in the morning. We'd get our edits out. You know, people like, oh my God, these guys turn around are insane. They're so good. And we uh, originally, you know, again, this is 15 years ago. Someone would say, hey, we've got $2,000. Can you do a video? We'd be so excited. Oh, my God, we've got $2,000. And we would like, you know, we would barely break even. And making no profit. We would, we'd barely make break even. But because we put everything into the video, it looked like it was a $5,000 video. So... That's how we progressed, you know, um, and for the first three or four years, we just, everything went back into the, everything was into the production, into the production. So eventually uh, we got a studio, you know, and uh, we got some great corporate clients. We had some really uh, good commercial clients and we're, you know, regularly doing much, much, much larger um, budget uh, projects. Then we had an opportunity uh, 2016, we shot our first feature film. So uh, a client of ours approached us and um, wanted to do sort of, it was sort of a biopic, but it was fun. Him and a couple of buddies opened up a bar in Freeport, Long Island in 72. And at the time, a bar for young people was a was a new thing. So he, he wanted to tell that story and he had these great anecdotes and I'm like, oh, we need to, let's package this into a real movie, which is what we did. We packaged it into a real movie script and then again, leaning into my, my, my experience as a screenwriter. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had a half a million dollar budget. So, you know, and the, we made the decision to shoot in South Florida, to set it in South Florida. Um, that was a budgetary consideration, but it was a period piece. It was set in 1972. And, and uh, my best friend from high school is a very successful, he's an Emmy Award winning cinematographer called Colin Watkinson. And if you've seen The Handmaid's Tale, Colin shot the first mm. two seasons of that. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, he's about to go out to Thailand to shoot Alien. Uh, the new alien they're, movie they're, they're, new, they're doing another alien tv series tv series oh, with wow they're doing the an show alien runner, series, huh? with the show showrunner from fargo noah i forget his name but the showrunners oh, yeah. yeah that's pretty so anyway, cool so colin's like my best friend we've known each other since we were 12 and we really became close friends around 16 17 and we would like we just dreamed of living in America and, you know, that's just, you know, we, we, these kids from Liverpool. So 
just just as an eye, you know. So I said, hey, Colin, I'm shooting this movie. You know, I got a little budget. And he's like, send me this script. And I sent him a script. He's like, dude, I'll come and shoot it for you. I'm like, bro, we, we couldn't afford to pay for your sandwiches. And he's like, nah, come on, I'll, I'll take... I'll take a few weeks off work. I'll tell my agents I want to do something different. So, and that was an experience of a lifetime to shoot a feature film with your your high school best friend who's still your, you know, just um, was fabulous. What's the name of the really, feature called? It's called Across the Rails. Um, it's available on Amazon um, and iTunes. Um, I've definitely always, check it out. Yeah, check it out, check it out. So that was cool. Um, you know, baptism by fire. Um, we shot in the middle of the summer in South Florida. It was brutal, and um, you know, we needed these. We needed these apartment. Uh, we got a free apartment. We we decked it out so it looked like it was from the seventies, but it had no AC. It, you, you've no idea. Oof. It was just like. It, it, but anyway, we got it done. It was really cool. We won a couple of awards, um, and actually, Colin. That was before he did Handmaid's Tale, so he actually got to play around with some stuff on our movie that eventually, um, I, I'm not taking any credit for Colin, but like the the same lenses that, that we shot our movie on, they shot the first two seasons of Handmaid's Tale on these uh, Canon K35, so it's old lenses. Oh, okay, oh, yeah, that's yeah. really cool. I had a question about the feature. So like you were focusing mostly like on commercials and like corporate prior to that, so uh -huh. Uh -huh. I was the... Uh, like transitioning to now doing a full feature what was that like what were some of like the difficulties you encountered or some of the challenges going from you know just like because corporate projects are fairly short right in comparison yeah 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 i i think um that, that's a really good question uh so up until that point we'd just done corporate and commercials and but we'd by that time we'd worked with larger crews so i think that's that's uh that's a big one is, you know, a lot of times we still do shoots where it's like two or three of us. And that that's great for a lot of corporate stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And we did a TV commercial yesterday in the studio. There were, there were only five of us. Uh, but, you know, that kind of narrative, we had, I think, 35, 40 crew. Wow. And so there's a different level of logistics, you know. And we'd had some experience with that kind of logistics because we'd we'd done a couple of bigger commercials. As long as you got the right people, then then you're pretty good. Sometimes it's difficult because if you haven't done it before, you don't know who the right people are. You know, you got people saying they, they can do it. But but we had it by by that time in 2016, we were like five uh five or six years into our, you know, entity as Brave Man. So we had a, a really good infrastructure in South Florida. It was just reaching out to everyone we knew. And we 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 had ne we we had never done a real line item budget for something that big. So that was a big help was to get a line producer to help us out and we, at the time, we thought that that was a massive expense, but I'm glad we did it that one time so we could see where everything went, you know. And I, I was like, yeah, we'll shoot for five weeks and it'll be fine. And then you look at the line item, bro, just like, no, you won't. <laughs> so, yeah, 
I was going to say how you went about like fun. How did you go about funding the feature and then producing so the, it all together? So what the, the, you know, the great thing was that the, the executive producer and the co-writer, it was his story. It's a guy called Mark Ford. He's now a, a good friend of mine. I just saw Mark last night and you know, he made a lot, a lot of money. And this was actually his third feature film. His wife told him he could make one more feature film. Um, cause the other... <laughs> I wish I had that kind of money. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. By his own admission, the first two... Um, I think the first one, when he showed it to his kids, his kids said, never show this to anyone, ever. <laughs> and, uh, I, I enjoyed the second one, and, and he's a great guy. And But, but, but he had the money. He's like, look, I'm just going to put the money up. And if we make the money back, great. If we don't, I'll live. But my wife won't let me do a fourth one. So, and what a fantastic so hobby! Just <laughs> have yeah, so yeah, much yeah. money in your pocket. You're like, I'm just gonna make a feature just for myself. Yeah. So you know, and um, and and I I really like to say, Mark's a good friend of mine. Um, we've become uh, much closer friends over the years. He's a great guy. So that was that was awesome, and actually, funnily enough, um, the the original budget was three hundred and fifty k. And when Mark came on to set on the first day, he's like, "Oh shit!" He's <laughs> like, "This okay? Not this enough. is how you?" He's no, he was just like he was blown away, blown away by the level of professionalism. You know, I I think he was expecting like two film students and um, you know three rolls of duct tape. You know. For three hundred and fifty thousand. So <laughs> yeah. Well. Well. You know. So anyway. So we ended up. He saw the potential, so we ended up putting another hundred and fifty. So so m most of that went into post, um, or a lot of that went into post, and so we had a good run with that, and um, I'll be eternally grateful for Mark for for giving us that opportunity, and what was great about that was then about. Uh, it, it took a long time to get everything. It, it took us like, so that was 2016. It took us like four years to, to edit it. And, you know, cause we begged borrowing, stealing. And, um, our editor is now a good friend of mine. That was awesome. Um, we got put in touch with, uh, um, a woman called Judy Monroe. She's a very, but she's Oliver Stone's editor. So Julie Monroe oh, wow. um, was a friend of Collins, just socially, not 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 through the industry. And Collins said, hey, do you have any editors that you would recommend that want to cut their teeth on a feature? And she's like, yeah, you should call this guy Rich Molina. So I call this guy Rich Molina. And I'm like, hey, I'm Damien Fitzsimmons. We're doing this movie. He's like, yeah, send me the rushes. I sent him the rushes. He's like, yeah, there's a movie here. I'll help you do that. He's like, but I'm in Calgary right now. And I'm like, oh, cool. What are you doing? He's like, yeah, I'm working on this movie called The Revenant. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so he, uh, Rich Molina was the first assistant editor on The Revenant. And, um, but th th this is how you do stuff like that, you know? So you, you people like Rich want that top line credit you know so we had a lot of people that wanted to take that next level that were willing to do it for for less money and um what an experience man it was just fabulous and then it really helped us because after the movie came out 
we were approached by an agency that wanted to do a TV show uh, set in St. Pete, Florida, and they wanted to do sort of eight, 12 to 15 minute short films, but put together it was a feature film. And, you know, there are, there's, there's some good production companies down here, but not a lot of them do long form and we just, you know, so we, we, we did two, two TV shows um, in 21 and 22. Um, called Life's Rewards and they're on Amazon Prime and um, that was awesome so that you know from starting off in my bedroom you're just you know doing backflips because someone wants to pay me two thousand dollars we, we, we've come a long way you know oh, 100% and like like now kind of like diving into more of the long-form narrative content uh, like I can imagine what that what that must feel like with that feature film what was probably one or two big learning experiences that you took away from that that have that have helped you kind of progress forward with uh future projects after yeah that's a great question so one thing i learned was you know when the crew is that big and you've got that many personalities um you you want to be friendly and you want to be you know nice and but you don't have to be everyone's friend you know and um you know i i i kind of just that's my go-to is to just i want everyone to be happy you know but like i would bump heads with some of the departments because i had a very clear vision of what i wanted and they had a very clear vision of what they wanted but it's like it's my film not your film so it was a couple of times where i'm like just do it this way you know and 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 deal with it you know we're, we're probably not going to get drinks ever <laughs> um which makes it a bit, and, and that, I, that was a minor thing but i i think um you know i just heard someone talking about parenting and saying how um you're not there to be your kid's friend you're there to be their parent and there are going to be things that you do as a parent that your kid isn't going to like. It's just the way it is. So I, I don't want to make that sound like it's a huge thing. I, I mean, I think it's really important when you're the director or, or at, at any stage, really. But but when you're working with a team, you have to be nice. You have to be um, understanding. You have to listen. You have to be patient. So, yeah, that was a learning curve for me. Was that, um, did that, did that issue happen with, like, some of the like higher up personnel in the production no, so like no no I, well, was well, it just like... there was a, there was um I, I don't want to i'm not going to throw anyone under the bus but just yeah, there, yeah, there yeah, was yeah. a couple of um so not not with colin not with mark but like like some of the departments that are idea of, of what it should look like and i'm like that's not what i wanted to look like and then i you know so but, but it, it was fine so i, I think um again i don't want to be negative i think no, some no. of the but, but you get yeah, some of the not, other you're lessons not, you're not being negative about it you're you're basically saying that like uh you have a very clear vision about a certain project and you want to make sure you achieve it and yeah. sometimes you just have to like there's no point in like discussing ideas if it's not in line with kind of what you're doing you're not you're not saying that you're being rude you're just trying to get the project I, I, moving yeah. along i think actually so maybe a better way of saying that where um is 
and what I learned from that and what I'm still, I think the biggest lesson I learn every time I do something is trust your gut, trust your instinct, you know, go with your instinct. It's because at the end of the day, you know, it's going to work most of the time. You know, you trust your instinct, you, you know, something's a little off. There's mm-hmm. a million things going on. If you just trust your instinct, uh, then I, I think you get a better product. So I, I, I've learned that. I've learned to listen. So so again, so that, you know, bumping heads with like the, the other creatives because they have a vision and I have a vision. Well, I, I have to trust my instinct, you know? So trust my instinct and then learning to breathe, man. Learning to just like, um, you know, it gets really... It, it gets completely frantic. So now there's 35, 40 people. You've got, you know, heads from each department and they all want your attention and they all want to know what color T-shirt is that? What color socks? You know, how many, you know, how many extras? But but like, go, 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 go. And... Certainly, when I did the first one, it would occasionally just get really overwhelmed, and I would, I'd like lose the ability to speak. I would just be like, be trying to say too many things at the same time. You just got to learn to like, okay, slow what, down. So, what did you learn on like the pre-production side of things specifically for the project? Because a lot of that uh, sounds like part of it is from pre-production, but also. Uh, things that might happen on set and like with so many teams so many decisions that you have to make um, how did you learn to streamline or make the pre-production process easier for you moving forward with longer form content well it's it's funny you should ask that because again we, we we had a line producer just just do us a quick line item budget so we could figure this out and he said, based on, you know, based on your budget, you can do, I think it was like we had seven weeks of pre-pro. We were going to film for 20, I think we had 18 days actual filming and then two days with skeleton crews, so 20 days. So based on that, we knew we could stretch it to about seven weeks of pre-pro. But Ian and I also knew that that wasn't enough. So we did an extra three weeks where we didn't get paid at the very, very beginning. So... You know, which you, which you can't keep doing, but it was our first feature <laughs> film. I'm glad we did that. But I, I think, and I'm sure you guys appreciate this, even on a corporate video, you know, most of it's about planning. Most of it's logistics. Yeah. Most of it's logistics. If you If you figured out your logistics beforehand, it allows you to be, and, and figured out your creative beforehand, then when you get on set, it actually allows you to be more creative, you know? And especially when, when you're doing stuff, when the budget's tight, if, if you know what you're going to do going into it, it's just so much easier when there's a change you, for whatever reason. Well, you know how to you're adapt a, at that you're, point. It's much easier to adapt when you've, yeah. when you've planned it. So, um, you know, sort of to paraphrase, 
uh, what was it, Willy Wonka said, uh, genius is nine, or was it Willy Wonka or was it fucking someone? 99% <laughs> inspiration. Such a random person to quote Willy Wonka. I know, Willy Wonka, <laughs> I love it. That's a first Willy, on Willy this Wonka, podcast. So Willy Wonka said, so which is Roald Dahl, you know, genius is 99% in, uh, perspiration, 1% inspiration. But I think it might have actually been, um, Gene Wilder says that as Willy Wonka and Charlie and Chocolate Factory. I think it might be Thomas Edison that said it first. So I think it's Thomas Edison. Yeah. 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 Maybe, 90, 99, yeah. yeah. 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration. So filmmaking is sort of 99% um, logistics and 1%, you know, creativity. Well, one of um, our mantras is that the shoot, the production and the shooting should be the easiest part of the entire process because of all the prep work that exactly. we have done going into that project because what, like we were discussing if something unexpected does happen on the day of which all which happens no matter what whether it's something small or something big because you've done the necessary creative and prep work you know how to adapt you know like we can all adapt to any situation but knowing how to adapt for that specific project is what will make you stand out as a business yeah. and stand out with your clients uh going forward yeah um so yeah I, I you know just plan 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 and be aware of your environment i'm in south florida in the summer times in the summertime into particular um it is it's it's quite it's sunny and bright and beautiful in the morning it rains in the afternoon and then it clears up around dusk so but still to this day, we, 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 in the summer, we plan our shoots around knowing that it's going to rain in the afternoon. So, <laughs> and plus the light's better in the morning anyway. So we will shoot all our exteriors in the morning, plan to shoot interiors when it's raining in the afternoon. There's one scene in the movie um, where I was like, I, I wanted, I wanted a scene where the guys were in the rain. But, you know, we didn't have money for a rain machine, but I knew it was going to rain one afternoon. So <laughs> we, we sort of had this one plan and that we were all on standby. And as soon as it rained, we'd stop whatever we were doing and we'd shoot this other scene. And, and, and we did that. We ended up getting that, that scene. Nice. You know, the, the guys um, towards the end. Oh, no, don't spoil. Kind of, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's about to spoil the whole movie for us. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, what was, what was super cool about that was then when we did the two TV shows, when stuff came up, I, I took all of that experience. And we had one issue in the second series of the TV show, Life's Rewards. We're about to shoot a motorcycle scene. And we had... You know, we booked the talent and and um, we, we had the doubles to ride the motorbikes. And the doubles turned up because the, the actors don't don't ride motorbikes, you know. So the doubles turned <laughs> up and there had been a miscommunication. And both of the doubles were like, oh, I thought I was riding on the back of the motorbike. I don't know how to ride the motorbike. So... <laughs> so... How did you adapt that? <laughs> Well, well, I I don't know what I would have done in the feature film um, exactly, but I just knew that I was just like, I said, everyone stop, let me grab a coffee, let me sit down, just let me think about it. So it's like, just give me 10 minutes. So I just sat down 
and then just started playing all the scenarios around in my head. So the 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 guy that's supposed to writing it is an African American and um, really talented um, actor called Jared Wolford. So Jared doesn't ride a motorbike, you know. And then uh, the one that was going to be no, he was riding Pillion. That that was kind of the joke. That his friend is this sort of seventy-year-old woman who's kind of a rebel. She's supposed to be riding the motorbike, and Jared's supposed to be on the bike. And you know, we only it 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 was we we figured it out. So the guy that delivered the motorbike, um, his name's Aaron, and he's like this. He he looks nothing like the the old woman, but we're like you know, and he's got a big beard. <laughs> Put a wig on him. Oh <laughs> just god, a big no, buff old lady <laughs> with a wig. Oh my god, bro! Well, like, oh, he's got a beard too. How did you get rid of the beard? Did you ask him to shave it. Shoot from the back. <laughs> so, well, fortunately, so uh, the the old lady was wearing a full face visor. Um. Uh. And, but. Jared was wearing like um, it was sort of a. I, I keep tipping my hat to Easy Rider, and that's that Stars and Stripes helmet. But so it's an open <laughs> face. And Jared's black, you know what I mean. So it's like whoever sits on the back, at, like is is and and it turned out that one of our other extras um, was like. Um, had a motorbike license, was comfortable to be on the back of the bike, and and we made sure that, you know, insurance, everything else is covered before you throw anyone on a motorbike. Yeah. Aaron, who delivered the motorbike to us, was obviously, you know, so we had Aaron, and what we did is, how did we, it was just, it was just crazy. So we borrowed someone else's leather jacket to throw on Aaron, so it looked like the leather jacket from the old lady. He's now got a full visor. We just shot everything wide or from behind. Yeah. And then low angle. Um, <laughs> and then low angle. And then we used an African American double so that we could you know, from, from the wide he's got an open face visor, so you so you see that the guy is, is African American, you know. Uh, and then but like just like figuring out like shoes and I it, it was it was a there were there was probably about ten variables, and I just knew if I sat down and had quiet for ten minutes, I would figure it out. Um, and I figured it out, you know. But I but hope you put that, that in the commentary, <laughs> in, in the bonus DVD disc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when when we when we do when we do the larger projects, uh, when you're, you know, you're gonna. You guys know you, you. We don't think anything of shooting fourteen hours a day, you know, or, or at least working fourteen hours a day. We really, we we have we really tried not to shoot longer than twelve hours. I just don't think it it works, you know. Mm -hmm. But we're all used to very long days. But when you do long form, it's it's you know it's accumulative. You you're doing that for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. So I always have somewhere written. On a post-it note on my laptop or on a wall, it says, "Remember to breathe." You know, just yeah. remember to just every once in a while. Okay, we got this. I can't uh, imagine that. That's wild. Like just uh, doing con. Like I mean, like Dario and I have had numerous shoot days in a row, but usually 
there have been separate projects you know maybe not one five day, weeks w- not five weeks in a row no though, i think that what was the longest i think the longest we did was maybe like nine days in a row ten days nine in days. a row yeah because yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like it was corporate based uh, mm-hmm. oh wait no 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 well in a row but we ha- we but we strategically chose the weekends off so we can have a break but doing oh, like yeah. we did monday to friday monday to friday for two and a half weeks so it was like about 10 11 it was actually 13 shoot days practically one after the other otherwise if we didn't have those weekends i think we would have lost our minds <laughs> after yeah that. i i i know i know it i i totally feel that and and, and you know yeah we were we uh we always at least had uh, i don't know when we did the tv show actually i think we worked longer hours on the tv show than the, than the movie and it, it was for longer but uh you know make sure to have at least one day off every seven days well, yeah. we, we, we were doing like one and a half days off every you know so we, we'd shoot for five days and generally we'd spend saturday we do a half day pre-pro for the next week you know we'd already done most of our pre-pro right and then on sunday we would have a we'd have a production meeting at like uh, six o'clock so the whole of some most of saturday afternoon sunday try and take off recharge how did Um, you handle the fact that you were going to be away for five weeks uh and how were you gonna how did you handle the fact that you know you had I'm assuming you had other corporate clients as well, right? So how are you juggling both the movie and your regular corporate load? (laughs) It's like, see you guys. (laughs) You know, it's a really good question for any business, especially for what we do, you know? Um, If you have the opportunity to do something creative, maybe the budget isn't quite as big, but it, it feeds your passion you know you might want to take that but when that's over you better have stuff in the pipeline or so um ian my my head of production on on the movie he lived off red bull you know (laughs) (laughs) how many a day (laughs) dude i i would i would you know turn up at fuck i'd turn up you know 7 a.m., 6.30 a.m. on set, and Ian's already on his, like, second monster, you know. Um, how, how much of the 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 project's budget went to his <laughs> Red Bull addiction? <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot. Uh, Five grand. So we, we, we're, always, we're always looking at how we manage that. And actually, this is a really, this is a, this is a good cautionary tale for you guys. So the movie, we, we, we kind of, and um, we we managed to just kind of navigate that. Uh, we, we had a couple of big corporate clients. We were still doing corporate work the whole time through the movie. And um, Ian, God love him, was was you know finishing you know finishing up and then doing two hours working with our our offshore teams to make sure that we had stuff going on. Um. When we did the two TV shows, uh, we didn't do as good a job. And, and so it's a cautionary tale here. We finished the last TV show in, in this, uh, where everything sent off 
think that would be uh, June 2022. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. We'd done, we'd done um, so COVID was 2020. We did just all corporate. We, we do 2D animations. So we had an, an amazing year in, in 2020 because we had a lot of clients that the only thing that they could do was animation. So we just like rolling it out. So we had, bizarrely had this amazing year in 2020. The end of 2020, we got the TV show. We went straight into the TV show and creatively it was, you, you know, it's just, just what, what I got into the business for is just kind of do this stuff, you know? Um, then we finished that. We had a bunch of corporate clients. We, 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 we did that for a couple of weeks and then a couple of months and then we went straight into pre-production on the next TV show. So you got all this money coming in. You, you're, you're really busy, you know, you're, you're being super creative. And I made the mistake of thinking that there's this concept of the flywheel. I don't know if you, you guys are no. familiar with the concept what? of flywheel. Okay, well, a flywheel, you know what a flywheel is? A flywheel is... Um, you spin a flywheel and at a certain stage it has so much momentum that it it, it pretty much it's, it's so this, this heavy imagine this heavy wheel that's on an axle and you try to spin it and it's kind of slow because it's heavy but the faster it gets the easier it is to spin right yeah and so at some stage it just needs the lightest of touches and the flywheel spins so mm-hmm. business is, uh, you can think of your business on one level uh, as, as this flywheel. And the flywheel in, in, in this aspect is your sales, your marketing, your networking, um, keeping an eye on, on you know, cash flow. Uh, all of these things keep this, this, this sort of allegorical flywheel running. So, but it's not a real fly, flywheel, you know what I mean? So... <laughs> So, in the second TV, in the second season of the TV show, we've got all this money coming in. We're working really hard, so it feels like this, the flywheel is spinning, and actually, it wasn't. The flywheel was slowing down. Oh, I see. And um, we finished. We finished up in uh, summer 2022, and you know, Ian and I finally had, you know, like, oh, okay, cool. We take a little, you know. We, took a couple of days off and it's like okay cool let's see what's going on let's let's look at our pipeline and there was nothing in the pipeline like mm-hmm. I, I mean nothing like we had nothing in the pipeline and um one of our big corporate clients this is another thing that that, that happens often one of our biggest corporate clients um like literally that was may and in june they laid off two thousand people and they're a huge they're a multinational company they laid off two thousand people and took wow. all outside content creation and put <clears throat> it inside. So they were 25% of our revenue. We lost them overnight. That's yeah, there's, nothing in the, there's nothing in the pipeline. And even if there was anything in the pipeline, you know, I don't know what it is for you guys, but if, if, if we've been talking to a client, they're interested in doing a corporate video, we might need to follow up with them. We, we consider that pipeline, you know. So they might be in the pipeline for two or three months before they want a proposal off us. You know, they get into, yeah. hey, we want a job, but we don't need it till November, whatever. So it could be two or three months before that job becomes a real job, you know? Right. So, um, so if your pipeline is, is empty, then you've basically got no work 
in our case, you got no work for the next two or three months. So that actually brings me. There. That actually brings me to uh, a question where, because you were doing all of these long form pieces of content, you were basically unavailable for such a long period of time. Yeah. Did your pipeline di uh, diminish because maybe some of your current clients needed work during that time, but you had to turn them away? And because of that, they went somewhere else and maybe they just kind of went that way. Did you find that you lost yeah, some so, clients for so that? that? So more so, more so I think I had stopped networking, right? We had COVID, so I'm I'm I am just naturally sociable, gregarious. Love like meeting my clients, love catching up with them, grabbing a coffee, see what they're up to. And I just used to do that organically. I used to do it because I, I like my clients that I work for, and you know, want to see what's <coughs> going on. Um, but then, but you know, COVID that didn't happen. I go into these TV shows and I just stopped doing it, but I had never thought that what I was doing was part of my business, you know, and it was in, in May 22 or June, June, 2022, we, we, we sort of stepped back and said, okay, why, why is pipeline empty? You know, what is it? And, and, and it was pipeline was empty because I hadn't been doing my networking. So, and um, I hadn't been reaching out to past clients. So past clients seeing that we're doing these TV shows don't know that we still do com commercials and corporate. Yeah. Um, we um, had got to a point where I think, um, and we talked about it. We, we, we knew we were at the point where we needed um, strategic sales and marketing. You know, we, we, we'd grown to a point where We've grown organically, and at some stage, you have to kind of pivot. And and but we'd been so busy, we just kind of like ignored sort of sales and marketing because you know we're on this TV show, it's great, we've got all this money coming in. You know, we got a couple of corporate clients, and that just stuff just keeps coming in. So, so you know, um, and. Yeah, it is. It does. The stuff is super important, and and we talk about it a lot. And anyway, we're doing great. Um, but it 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 took. I would say the flywheel still isn't where it should be, but it it's taking a lot less effort to keep that flywheel going. But 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 I went from just like sort of organically networking to deliberately networking, and and there's a process. And, and, you know, I have a goal to reach out to X number of people every week, make sure that I am meeting in person at least two to three people a week and also change my strategy. I'm, I no longer go and have a coffee with a client th thinking I'm going to get a job. I'm just, I'm more like, hey, is anything I can do for you? What's going on? How's it going? And I think it's, uh, it's, it's a much healthier way to go about stuff so networking well, you're, organic. I, you're organic when you network like that because you're not going in there searching for work from a me perspective you're there to yeah. kind of like you know like you're paying attention to your clients you're seeing how they're doing what you can potentially do to help them 
doesn't exactly. necessarily have to be like, I always try to tell my clients as well, like, you know, let me know if there's something I can do to help you. Um, I'm actually curious as to how you, how that networking has yielded because you're clearly putting a lot of time and effort to meet with people. Uh, I'm assuming in person, right? Uh, uh, so, I, so I, 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 but to go, to go back a second, it's 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 organic and it's that's an organic way to generate sales. Right. That's organic, but it's not organic in that it's not like oh hey maybe I'll grab a no I have a process. Okay. You know I'm I have a you know set number of people I'm going to reach out to every week out of the set number of people that I reach out to in an email or a text I'm going to have a coffee or or maybe dinner with with one or two people a week you know. Mm -hmm. that's a process you know that's that's not organic that's not like that's in my calendar you know so and uh so in that in that respect it's not organic uh and and now i forgot the second part of your question so um was i asking it was basically like how how is that yielded um in terms of uh, results like going forward because you're putting a lot of time and effort to do that right so versus gone, inbound yeah, so oh, yeah okay so and then um, i mean and and again i think 2023 the, the end of 2022 2023 was was uh, a tough for a lot of us uh, although i mean most of the work that we do is corporate or it's like lower end commercials so the actors strike isn't physically affecting our shoots, but it has such a knock-on effect. And the writer's strike, it had such a knock-on effect. Um, so I think everyone... How had... so? So, okay, so if um, if the, the people that would regularly do um, larger commercials with SAG actors or larger TV shows with with you know um wga writers <coughs> are not doing that work anymore you know these are these are a lot these are huge crews you know 50 60 people makeup artists and gaffers electricians you know etc etc so these people you know were out of work for a whole year so if you're a gaffer you probably do a little shooting on the side so maybe now you're shooting on the sides and so now suddenly there's way more uh, people out there going after the same kind of work, you know. Yeah. So, and and I I think uh, you know at the end of twenty twenty two as well, um, and marketing budgets got much smaller with the threat that there was the, the you know the threat of a um, recession, and all of this stuff, and um, sort of affects the bottom line, you know. So, in the past, you, you know, when we first started, we would just we're very happy go lucky we're still happy go lucky but like work would come to us you know the the other thing that happens and and this happened um so i i started my career as a grip in new york city like in the 90s when we were still shooting film so and i was a freelance grip you know and you would get a call on a tuesday night for a music video on a wednesday morning i'm in bro see you wednesday morning because you took that job on Wednesday morning, the DP's like, hey, I got a job on Friday, you free? Yeah, I'm free. So a lot of times the job you're on can lead to the next job. So when 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 we were doing the long form, 
we're not having the same kind of opportunities. You know, like we just oh, shot a commercial right. yesterday. We shot a commercial yesterday. The client brought a friend of theirs, and they're like, "Oh, you do video?" And we're like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Come on, I I want you guys to come on in, come on meet." So we'll see. You know, that there's an opportunity. Those kind of opportunities. Um, I think tend to happen more when 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 you're you're doing smaller jobs, one after the other, one after the other. You know. Yeah. Well, because you wrap them up faster than doing these longer projects. When you're working yeah. on one long project, whether it's corporate or narrative, you're dealing with the one <coughs> the one client or the or the same set of people for a longer period of time. If you yeah. dip your toes into five different projects, you're in, you're dipping your toes into five different networks, five different yeah, exactly. potential leads who have five different networks of their own of people that could potentially need work. And like word of mouth and reference um, outreach is always going to be a big factor in our industry because like there is obviously inbound and um, leads and there's also ways to kind of go and generate and meet with other people. But that's the starting point, right? You want to build a relationship with someone. You want to be recommended because when you get recommended to someone, that is the biggest um, sign off as to why someone should hire you. You know, there's already it's like a vetting process. It's like when you're trying yeah. to find new crew, you go to the people that you know and say, hey, do you know another editor? Do you know, do you know another exactly. shooter? And yeah. most of our most trustworthy crew have come from recommendations from other people that we have worked with, not from randoms. Uh, it's really hard to find random people out of nowhere that m could get recommended. And it's it's usually like recommendations are always uh, like a little bit of a, it's like, okay, we're good. I can trust this yeah, person. So you know, they've already exactly. vouched for them. And, and, and it, and it and just it doesn't work for crew. It works for clients and new jobs as well. Yeah, you know, if you do exactly. a great job, again, we, we, we've worked, we did, uh, these are some television spots we're doing for a company, uh, um, called Zendu. We did their first spots. We had a great time with them. They really liked what we did. You know, we, we busted our asses for them. So we just did their second spots. And again, now they, 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 brought a, a friend of theirs who has a completely different company and you know you can't get a better recommendation than that you know um and so um that and that's why i i, I think that that networking is so important what are you like doing you on just... the oh sorry go ahead no 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 good that, that's fine it's fine um, I was just wondering because you mentioned the networking aspect, and you previously also mentioned that you wanted to focus more on marketing. Are you are you doing yeah. anything on the marketing end? Yeah, we, we we are we are, and and I honestly was still trying to figure that out. But I'll I'll run you through that. You know, I was listening to one of you guys, one of your shows, and you were talking about um, uh, how our industry is unique. Yeah, I I. I I don't think our industry is unique. I used to think our industry was unique. So um, I'm going to, a, a little aside, mm -hmm. if you guys don't mind. So Go ahead, go ahead. Um, I want to say it was just before the move. No, it was after the move, after we did the movie. And uh, we were doing really good, you know. So we've we been in business for about eight, eight years. I'm, I'm, um, um, this is all shit I learned afterwards. I didn't know this. So Ian, my my head of production, very good friend of mine, 
and runs does our finances and he does the logistic you know and and the c- creative one in in just logistics but anyway so so Ian Adora has been been our business guy but it's like I'm my company too and I, I had an epiphany like seven years into running a business that I was a business owner and I'd never thought of myself as a business owner before and I've, I've heard you guys talking about this stuff you know and um, a friend of mine recommended um, the entrepreneurial organization it's called EO and and they have an accelerator program for any small business that is doing a quarter of a million or more a year. You can be part of their accelerator program. And it's sort of a, it, it's mostly a, an educational resource and they help you to scale up. So I joined it seven years ago and it's one of the best things I ever did. And then I realized that, and that was one of the first things they told me is like, businesses are all the same stop stop saying you're unique you're not yeah. unique you know yep you have a product or a service yeah you know you need you need to sell the product or a service you need to manage your cash and you need to manage your people you know so that was an eye-opener for me and it's just like um that was a real eye-opener for me and then it made me that these guys make you read business books i never read a business book in my life you know and um, if you guys read uh, Michael Gerber's The E-Myth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that, that, but basically the, the E-Myth is, you know, you're a filmmaker, you want to be a filmmaker, so you start a business to be a filmmaker, but as soon as you start a business, you're no longer a filmmaker, you are a business, business owner, owner who yeah. does films, you know. Yeah. So, so, okay, so all that to say, so you're asking about sales and marketing, you know, and as I, as I joined this organization and, and, and watched other entrepreneurs see how they go about it, I, I more and more understood the importance of, uh, once you've started a business, it's, your product is already pretty good or you wouldn't have started the business in the first place, you know, so once, so, and I spent the first five years of our business just making the product better and better and better and better and better, you know. I didn't have to do that. It was already good, you know. So, and again, we didn't have to do sales and marketing because everything came organically. But now, as we want to scale, as we want to grow, we understand the importance of sales and marketing. So, um, that's in all aspects. So, doing this with you guys is... It, it, it is part of that. It's part of our bigger, and um, um, it's part of the bigger, bigger picture. So the umbrella picture. It's like get your name out there, meet like-minded individuals. You know, um, I, I love what you guys are doing. That like now, if someone calls you in and they need a crew in Boston, you've got the guys in Boston. You know what I mean? So in in the same way that if I had something in Toronto, probably first guys I'm going to call are you guys. Do you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Uh, um, And, you know, uh, um, and again, but I'd also say, you know, if you've got something down here, I don't need to be the guy that does it. But like, you now know me. And if you need resources, I will give you the resources. You know, I'll just say, well, reach out to these people, you know. Yeah, and we're Um, inviting like all sorts of, different types of video production companies that come on as well yeah like you focus a lot like on much bigger stuff right so for someone that's working on like a commercial for example or like higher level higher budget stuff like you would probably be like 
the, the yeah you'd be like the perfect guy yeah. for that yeah, yeah so yeah, that's yeah. that's why we're trying to find like multiple different types variety yeah I, city, I like just that there is variety yeah so, so anyway we you know uh strategy is big so we um as uh an outfit um my core team there are four of us is our core team um we expand and contract depending on what the job we have a mm -hmm. couple of offshore animation teams we have a whole slew of people and um, that we work with on shoots um and we have about four or five part-time editors depending when you know what, what's going on the core team is four of us um and we have a we have a whole rhythm so we 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 meet every day at 12 30. We, we went remote after the pandemic and it's still working for us so we're staying well we meet every day at 12 30 for a 15 minute huddle you know and we talk about what our north star is every day we say our north star is so um, and I'm give us an example of that like what do you mean so, by well, well we have one north star so that's our 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 it's sometimes they call it a BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. fucking shoot for the moon, bro. You know what I mean? So our, so our North Star, every day we start our huddle with our North Star is to win a fucking palm door, right? And we, <laughs> nice, we, we, okay. we drop the F bomb. So like we want to nice. be critically and commercially successful filmmakers. So that's our, that's our, that's our North Star. We start there and then we, the, there's four of us and it takes about, it takes 10, 15 minutes. We just catch up, make sure we're okay. And then we all go do our di different ways. Friday mornings um, at 11, we meet for an hour and a half. It's called an L10. It's a level 10 meeting. So it's called an L10 because at the end of the meeting, you rate it from zero to 10, you know? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And once, once, once you get dialed in, you should be scoring eight, should be scoring at least an eight. Don't always score it. And, and, and there's a specific agenda. So uh, we, we get into that meeting, we talk about good news, you know, personally, and then we talk about good news in business. And then if our clients have said anything nice about us or not nice about us, you know, we, we'll talk about that. Then we'll look at our issue list, you know, what's going on. So big issues at the moment is, is you know, how do we, how do I keep my network going when I'm on a seven day shoot? You know, how do we, how do we do sales and marketing? So we look at our issue list, we'll pick two issues and we spend about an hour seeing if we can identify it. And it's called IDS, identify, discuss and solve, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's super helpful. And then once a quarter, we meet for a full day and we plan out the next 90 days. So, so we, um, so right now we've been planning out like how do we have a sales and marketing strategy so long way to answer your question so we understand that in a broader sense visibility is is very important so when we were when you guys reached out to us we were like we, we see this as an opportunity you know and I listen to the podcast. I like the podcast. I like, oh, fuck it, I want to be on it anyway. I think it's cool. I like what you guys are doing, you know, and that's enough for me, you know, but it's also, this has now increased my visibility slightly, you know, so, um, so we look at networking events, you know, and, and, and again, it's a process. So I'm tasked and it's not a lot. I'm tasked with hitting four networking events a month, um, a month, no, a quarter. That's, that's fucking easy. And um, so 
Um, I'm going to a networking event on Friday. Someone invited me. It'll be cool. But I nice. can also say yes. That's one of my. That's one of my networking events. I'll have a good time. I don't, I, again, and I'm, I'm no longer in there going. Oh, I'll get a good off fucking business cards. Fuck that. Just go and have a good yeah. time. Enjoy yeah. it. Say hi to some people. Doesn't matter. You know. So you know, podcast networking events. Then we look at our newsletter. We do a newsletter at least once a quarter. We do. Uh, we're looking at kicking off our blog posts again. All of this stuff is is sort of organic, sort of mm -hmm. marketing. This is this is getting this is our brand, you know. This is Brave Man, and um, and then we're now looking at different sales funnels. So we never did Google Ads, you know. And I, I've got a good friend of mine who um, has a video production company in town. He shoots mostly photography, but um, um. So a guy called Matt Sturgis from Fourth Avenue Photography, great guy, and he's been he he's been busting my balls for like six years. Like, dude, you need to do fucking Google AdWords. I'm like, I'm too busy. You ranking, you know? you're ranking pretty well though. I think I found you on the first page. Yeah, well, we're, and and but that's been because we've we do that. But we we work at doing that. You know, yeah. right. no, but I mean, like, you don't need hot. Google Ads once you're like on the first page. That's like, I, if you're like... I, don't, I, I well, I, I'll get back to you on that. You know, ask me about that in 12 months' time. Sure, yeah, we will. So we've spent, <laughs> we will. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ask me about that in 12 months' time. So we've spent the last six months. Okay, so, um, you know, ground zero for us was was June 2022. We're like, oh shit, there's nothing in the pipeline. We fucked up. They're not doing another TV show. What are we going to do? And um, so we, we've tried a bunch of stuff. So the first thing we tried, we reached out to um, an outfit that, that finds leads and works with you to build out um, an email cadence. And we did that for six months. And um, it was really expensive. And... and after six months, we still hadn't, we, we, we'd had interviews, but we hadn't considered, we hadn't, you know, um, converted Closed. a single opportunity. It's just like, well, we can't do that anymore, you know? Um, and then, so the, the Google ads is like a lot cheaper, you know, but we've spent six months playing around with Google ads and we don't spend a lot of money on that. I mean, it's a couple of hundred bucks a week. It's not a lot, but we're just, playing with messaging and uh, and we've been doing it for six months and literally i think for the first three months it's just like what words work what words don't yeah. work yeah the keywords I, I feel like i know now we think our messaging is pretty good and we're getting people clicking on our website and that we can attribute to google ads i think it's too early to to say if that's going to work or not um, have you the gotten big one some is good leads have you gotten some good leads coming through as of yet or you're still waiting to kind of see if it's if it's there we're still waiting i think we're still mm -hmm. waiting and and again the best at uh, the best way i i think is is networking or do you ask for uh, your leads how they found you like the search terms they yeah. used yeah yeah yeah, oh, okay. yeah 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 okay yeah. so you're finding so out again, if they're like, okay yeah yeah so um 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all a process. Again, back in the day, we never we, we didn't think to ask those kind of questions. Now it's it's very important to us, you know, to try and collect as much, but with without your head exploding. Think of like a business much. owner now. That's that's why, and it, it's funny because you were mentioning how once you once you get become a filmmaker, you start a business to be a filmmaker, but then now you're a business owner. That's what most most people in our industry want to create videos, create content, yeah. but they start a business to do that. And without them expecting it, they become business owners. And then and all of the a sudden, whole dynamic yeah. shifts. And the whole dynamic shifts. And, and all of a sudden, you, you know, again, the e-myth, if you haven't read it, is and you're starting out your business, is, it's an easy read. And especially yeah. if you're about to start a business, you, you, you should read that book, you know. Um, and, and then what happens is, you know, you get busy and then, you know, you, you're doing the books, you're accounting, you're doing the sales. And, you, you know, it's just like, but I want to be a filmmaker, you know, so. <laughs> I find it's like 70, 80 percent of the work we do now is running the business and 20 percent is the actual creative and creation. Yeah. Work. Yeah. S same, same here. Um. You know, Ian and I are always trying to strike that balance and uh, figure that that part out of it because both of us just love making films. Whether it's you know, I gotta say, I mean, we'll do corporate videos. Um, you know, it's like three or four of us, and we go do some interviews and shoot some B-roll. But like, it's still fun. You know, we, we oh, still yeah. dig it. You know, um, I like. Obviously, I I'm, I like when we get to do wacky commercials. Like we did these ones for the South Florida Fair, and um, we had like the fake superheroes, and it, it, it was just so much fun. And and um, we did some for a HR company, and and the the gag was that uh, the HR company that they needed HR because they grew man-eating plants, and all of their employees were getting eaten. You know. <laughs> and they let us run with that, you know, and I was just like, oh, my God, it was so much fun. And, like, we, like, you know, we had people in hazmat suits and we took a bunch of Nerf guns and spray painted them gray. And just, like, it, it was just, like, <laughs> that shit was just, that was cool, you know. Um, but we've, but, but anyway, June 22, flywheel stop. We're like, oh, crap, what are we going to do? And we're just like, you know what, let's let's go back to our roots. Let's go back to corporate and commercial. And that's what we've done. And it's paying off. We've worked really hard to get the flywheel back on. And, and our goal is still to, to, to make, you know, uh, commercially and critically successful movies, uh, leveraging my background as a writer. So, sorry, I kicked the table again and said I wasn't okay. going to do it. Again, <laughs> um, All good. So that's what we're, that's, um, we have two scripts right now sort of floating around and we, we're kind of committed to the next long form narrative we do is probably going to be something that we wrote and, and that we raise the money for so that we, we have the creative control. So do you have, right. do you, are you, pre are you uh, preparing like a strategy for yeah, like so, avoiding so, the same yeah. type of situation you had with a flywheel. So what I was going to say, if you start doing yes. a narrative yeah, project, yeah, we're, we're actually talking about that right now because we've been so busy. 
you know, my networking has almost completely fallen off. Um, but at least I'm aware of it. The, the, the big step mm -hmm. is now I'm aware of it, whereas I wasn't before. So yeah, we're, we're, we're very much looking at if we were to do that. And if we were to do it, I'd say in 12 to 18 months, I'm really hoping we're shooting our second feature film. You know, and I think that's doable. It'd be, it'd be a lower budget, I think, because we'll be raising the money. And then, but we've, we're just so much more ahead of where we were. I, I can, we can do it. I know we can do it, you know? How are you raising the do money? You, like what sources are you using? Well, so, uh, so the, the, the strat, so there, there are two strategies that have to go on. One is how do we keep Brave Man going while Ian and I are completely occupied on something else? Yeah. yeah. So we have an amazing um, creative producer um, called Alpida. And, um, you know, Alpida joined us about three, four years ago, three years ago, I think, as, as a copywriter and is now our, our, our creative producer. So um, Alpida is, is part of our KO team, has really helped us, you know, to, to, to taken some of the pressure off of Ian and myself. Um, our creative lead is, is actually wouldn't be me. You know, I'm, I'm a creative director. Our creative lead is um, a woman called Veronica Delgado, and she's brilliant. And, and, and so, so our core team is starting to mature and, and, and is um, sort of has a much higher skill set. And so we're sort of building on that and looking at, you know, looking at how do we expand that team? What, what, where's our next, you know, where would our next hire be? Um, and that, that's hard to say, but we've, you know, there's, there's definitely like three or four people that, that we know we'd love to bring onto the team that, mm -hmm. to, to support us. And we'll see. I mean, that would be, that would be ideal. And there's like two or three people that I would love to bring on today. If we, if we had the money, I'd bring them on today. Um, but you know, when we have the money, they'll, they'll get brought on. That takes the pressure off Ian and myself to, you know, and, and, and it's working, you know, um, I, I, on Tuesday, um, um, I have an art show. Okay. I started out as a mixed media artist and, and, and Brave Man has allowed me to, to, you know, I, I write. I'd be lying if I said I wrote every day, because I don't, but I should write every day. But I, I, I write a feature film script every 1.2 years. Wow, nice. And, uh, and a lot of that's because I, I have Brave Man, and Brave Man allows me the, the flexibility and allows me the time to do that. And the guys are generously allowing me to spend the next. Uh, after this, I'm, I'm editing all day today, but tomorrow, I'm taking the day off because I got to finish off my art project, and then Tuesday I'm having a show. Because I want to have a show, you know. Because I'm, you know, my mind's always. But it'll be a great networking opportunity because we're inviting mm -hmm. all of our clients, you know. And again, I I don't give a fuck if we get work out of it, but it is a networking event, you know. And and yeah. so, and 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 I get to have fun, you know. Um, you know, I'm head. So that's cool, you know, and, and um, so we're looking to get back to where we were sort of um, like tw just be 2019 was, was we, we had a great balance there. I was 
pretty much my mornings were for me to work on my creative. And that's what we're looking at seeing, hey, can we get back to where we were then? Can Ian and I spend two, our first two, three hours of the workday looking at how we're going to raise money for our next project? You know, look, so right now we've, we've, I've, we got two scripts. I th I think we we've decided which script it's going to be. So my so the next once this show finishes on Tuesday, I will go back in my spare time. I'll be I'll be doing a second draft, third draft. Um, Ian and I are going to um, book some time off this quarter in the first ninety days to just probably do a day this off site. Probably won't be off site, but where we like switch our phones off and lock ourselves in a room for the day and just like, what is our strategy? You know, nice. so we will, so we'll figure that out, you know, figure out what our rough budget is and then like, okay, how do we go about raising that kind of money? You know, um, and then there are other things that you can do. And, um, so again, I, I, I still have a network. It's, it's, I, it's not as d developed as, as, as this is my business, but, you know, because I was a writer in the UK, I still have contacts in the UK that, that, you know, when I used to write for the BBC. So there's a couple of scripts that are knocking around with, with old contacts there. And then um, once the, the script that I'm on right now is in a good enough shape, we'll send it out to, like, screenwriting competitions and screenwriting festivals. And... See if you can get a little bit of traction there, and then a little further down the line, we'll start reaching out to our network here. You know, we have a few people that that um, are producers, and you know, we'll get some feedback and and so yeah, you know, nice, very well, that's great. Welcome. Um, it's a very interesting uh, career you've had, and like how how it's like balancing narrative and creative work with the corporate and the business side and knowing when to give the right amount of attention to one versus the other and, and yeah. just sharing your your learning experience from that is, is definitely a, a, a different take that we've had on the show which is great to have you on i i also want to we also want to be respectful of your time we know you said like an hour and a half and it's, we're kind of like around that that range so um I guess like one of the last questions that we typically ask is how did you come up with the name brave man or why? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. And I, I, I'm cool for a little bit longer. I just, um, I got, I got a three o'clock. So don't, 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 um, if it goes a little longer, that's fine. Okay. I like to tell people that like, um, the Beatles is a terrible name for a band. It's, it's awful. The Beatles. It's it's like it's a it's terrible, fucking awful. I'm from Liverpool, man. I'm just like, it's like a a, a cheesy pun. <laughs> but they're one of the the be it's it's terrible. It's spelled the Beatles, the Beatles. It's terrible, and yet they were one of the greatest bands that ever lived. The Rolling Stones. That's a great name, you know. That's an amazing name. So I don't actually think it matters. Yeah what your name is, you know, um, could the Beatles are living proof of that. But what happened was, um, I had, again, I, I was 
realized that I didn't want to detail cars at the weekend and that um, I, I needed to apply the skills that I had. So I started a company. So I knew I was going to do, I knew I was going to do corporate. Um, I, I, I had done some side work shooting weddings. I mean, a lot of us in this industry, you know, cut our teeth on weddings. And I, I, I must have shot oh, 40 plus weddings. And then I edited probably 30 weddings. And, you know, 40 hours a week editing a wedding, you know, and it's like, it's funny. I'll have friends now go, hey, get married. You want to shoot? And I'm like, fuck, nah. no. <laughs> it's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm good. I'm you, good, fam. You're cool. I'll, I'll, I'll occasionally, I'll, I'll say, I'll shoot some photographs for you, but not on the wedding day, you know. So, yeah. but I looked at, I looked at like, you know, I just I knew I just needed to make money so that I could support me as a, as an artist. I was thought about shooting weddings to begin with, but I looked at the most successful wedding photographer uh, video guys down here, and it's like there's only so many weddings you can shoot, and they're, they're going to expect you to be the person that shoots it. So it's a finite resource I felt, and then plus I just mm -hmm. couldn't stand shooting weddings. You know, it's just like. Still the hardest, shooting weddings is harder than shooting is, is you know, I when I was in New York as a grip, like I did like, worked on a music video, sometimes like 20 hours for the day, and that was still easier than an eight hour wedding, you know? <laughs> oh, come so, on, it's not oh. that bad. <laughs> no, dude, it is, it's just hard, they can never sit down, it's just what did, like. What are they doing you know, Miami weddings? Yeah, like, what's like, the difference <laughs> there? Like, oh. You know, I'd say what though, they were a lot of fun, a lot of fun that the, um Miami weddings would be a lot of fun everyone everyone is like an amazing dancer it, it's just like what it, it, it would be incredible and um <laughs> everyone's gorgeous you know because it's Miami um but I I don't we don't shoot weddings but anyway so I start this company and I'm like oh I call it blue hour films originally it was still it's still our taxes go through Blue Hour Films because I was like, well, that's generic. <laughs> you kept it. <laughs> Never changed it. I love it. <laughs> it it's generic. It's generic. Um, and then before Ian and me and this one other guy were working together and um, a guy called Tyler Ford and, and Tyler's like, hey, we're going to do this. I, 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 I want to feel involved. And then I'm like, you know, you pick Blue Hour Films. I want a better name. And I'm like, oh, I don't, yeah, whatever. So let's, let's figure out a cool name. So we really liked, um, there's a production company in LA called Hungry Man. Okay. Uh, Hungry <laughs> Man Films. Do, do you know Hungry Man? I don't, but I'll, mm. I'll see. Yeah, look them up. Do they, they do food? They do, yeah. No, no, they do. They like don't Super do food. <laughs> No, they do super. They do Super Bowl commercials. I mean, oh, they do, okay. I think they did. I want to say Hungry Man did the Miller Lite commercials uh, for the last Super Bowl. But but like, they're they're amazing. They're next level, you know. So so we're like, well, that's cool. Something man, you know, what would be man? And and we just like spent like two weeks, just like, you know just like throwing out ideas and we, we thought something with man in it would be cool. Something man, something man. Cause we liked hungry man. That was the only reason was, was that. <laughs> and then brave, brave man. Well, that sounds cool. So we're like, okay, let's do brave man. And that was it. You know, it just, it sounded kind of cool. Um, 
and then so it stuck Tyler actually Tyler um went and went off to to do other things and and Ian joined me by then we were brave man and it, it was really just because it sounded like a cool name but it's funny um I don't know do you guys have um um what what do you call it do, do you have core values <laughs> no so the business. <laughs> no you know, we, no, we do what do you what, what do you mean Dario? Yeah, we have core we're values. on the website do yeah we? we have it on yeah we do <laughs> he hasn't yeah, been to the about page check. for a while <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so, so you're saying so so you know as a company we have core values and one of our core values is brave that we take risks you know that we think outside mm-hmm. of the box and and so it kind of we kind of sort of ended up, I think, like fitting into our name. And as you can see here, like our logo is pink because I didn't want it to. It's not um, it's brave man. It felt masculine, so all of our all of our logos pink. are pink to <laughs> sort of to, to 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 appreciate. You know, and half of our team are uh, are, are women. You know, it's just like sort of feminize it a little bit. You know, why do you change but, it to brave um, women? Yeah, it's, it's just longer. It just doesn't fit on the team. It's just too. Yeah, he has to add like three more letters. He's going to be going to his armpit at that point. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, so that's that's where the name came from. But I think you know, nice. You can have a name. Keep it short so it fits on it. You know, it fits on, on your on a shirt. Exactly. It fits on a <laughs> shirt, and and people can Google you really quickly. We're in the process um, of getting some merch for our business now, which is long overdue. I mugs. And... I heard mugs. You guys just keep talking about mugs. Is that what you really care? Oh my god, the mugs. <laughs> yeah, we need I to. Have, I still have like a mugs. box. I have a box of mugs. That yeah, we have a box sick. of laps mugs, but we need to get Creatives Grab Coffee mugs. You know, so we actually. Oh, I mean, god. right now I have. Uh, right now I'm just using a different mug. You okay. Know, so, yeah. <laughs> We uh, oh, we're so getting caps. We're in the process of getting caps right now. Oh my god, they're crazy expensive. I think it's gonna cost us like six fifty uh, per design. So we gotta get two designs. So we're looking at like twelve hundred. No, it's five. It's five hundred per design. Is it? Yeah, yeah. It's really it's just, okay. Well, it's five hundred for twelve hats is a lot of money. Okay, that's all I'm trying yeah, to it say. Is, like, yeah. It's a lot. Okay, of money. so my my um, you know thinking as a businessman why are you doing two designs why don't you just do one design oh we have that well we have oh, the podcast and, the, yeah. and yeah. the yeah yeah that's the only yeah, reason yeah, why yeah. otherwise we were trust me it was not out of like yeah it wasn't because we love hats <laughs> that we wanted to yeah. get well technically i do i have probably the biggest. i love hat hats too but yeah but not i wouldn't spend a thousand dollars on hats unless it was absolutely necessary yeah, yeah. I, what we we have um this is actually uh this is a friend of mine um, he has a you now has a cookie company in in New York City, Nanny's Dough. So this was this was his hat because nice. before we came on, I was saying the only hat I could find was my beta hat with the Florida sweat stains. I'm like, no, I'm gonna put on a nice <laughs> hat, you know. We have we have cool we have cool uh, baseball caps, but they were really expensive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I, I, I you feel have your to. Pain. You, you can't cheap out on it at the same time because when you cheap out, then you're not gonna like it. They're gonna like we. They're gonna break apart over time. Like I remember early on, we got laps T-shirts years back, and that thing faded away so quickly over over time that we were just like, oh, okay, we're gonna avoid shirts for now. But yeah, like Dario and I finally settled on a hat brand that we like, and we're like, okay, cool. perfect. Let's just. Let's just get our logo printed on it and then call it a day. It's actually this one right here, 47. That is our, okay. our favorite. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they get those, the, they good hats. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're, we're going to get shirts too. Like, we've Eventually, recently learned yeah. that. No, well, what we found out is is that they do uh, direct to garment printing. So you can actually find a company and give them your shirts and they'll just print directly on the shirts. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Kirill, I was reading that it doesn't wash away as easily as it did with the uh, that first batch we did. But the cool thing is that at yeah, least yeah. we can provide, like, the um, shirts because I hate the ones that they usually offer it's always like gildan or something low quality and it's classic gildan i don't like i don't like how it feels it's too rough you know yeah, yeah. no we we um uh we did we did a big print run of t-shirts this is this is we did like the same logo but like different shirts and then mm-hmm. we have a this is the pc one but then all our crew wanted one we have ones where it says we're fucking awesome <laughs> like nice and, and um, we had to put an asterisk over the U. Yeah. But um, and we we were like, it's really funny actually. We we meant to do just a small batch of those, you know, and then do general ones. And the t-shirt company got the order wrong. So like seventy-five of the percent of the t-shirt said we're fucking awesome. But um, <laughs> all of our crew crews just want want that one and like a lot nice. of our clients want that one too so and <laughs> <laughs> um, but occasionally like um i volunteer at a, an after school program and uh, for underprivileged kids here in delray and occasionally nice. like ian will come with me and and when we do something like that i'm like wear the nice t-shirt a 12 year old kids we're gonna make sure we, we've got the pc t-shirts on you know yeah no, that's great. Oh, funny enough, then you then when you get into the class, then you pull out, hey, guys, this is the underground shirt that I'm going to be <laughs> wearing now. <laughs> Mom, I'm trying, to be in a, I'm trying to be a good influence. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want good influences, these kids these days. You know, they want just, they want the edgy companies and business owners. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's do that, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, yeah, before we, uh, before we kind of sign off, uh, was there anything that you wanted to ask us even uh, or touch base on it as a topic before we head off? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, and I, I, thanks for giving me the uh, platform. To, and I appreciate it. I did most of the talking. Um, I would, um, you know, what's next for you guys? Well, actually, it's a, it's a question I ask a lot of people and it is... Um, where would you like to be in 10 years time from now? Yeah, that's somewhere a tough warm. one. <laughs> somewhere oh, yeah. Warm. Somewhere warm. <laughs> yeah, D- Dario's biggest is somewhere warm. Uh, we get some we always, pretty right, crazy dude, winters here. We always need here. shooters down here, bro. <laughs> I wouldn't mind moving to the U.S., to be honest with you. I would love it's for It's an idea to, we floated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah, to yeah. Bring, open up an office down there. Maybe in Florida. Mm-hmm. Even. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, we do see ourselves expanding the business and growing the core team because right now it's just been Dario and I as the uh-huh. core team for many, many years. And it can get exhausting doing wearing many different hats. You know, I mean, we have to order different hats for every job now at this point, right? So <laughs> for the CGC platform, for the laps uh, business. And, um, you know, and like you said, like you've brought on people that have been able to make your lives easier and help make the business run a lot smoother. And sometimes bringing in other people can bring in ideas that you probably never would have been able to think of. So that, mm-hmm. that is our, that is a, what we do want to end up. Probably in the next four in the next five years, we'll, we'll probably be at that stage. Yeah. Like uh, our, our main thing is 
we definitely want to remain skeletal so we can scale up and down easily mm-hmm. um yeah yeah no i appreciate that yeah, I, I remember listening to you guys talking about like um was it another another outfit where they'd expanded and then had to let everyone go right yeah 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 we're trying to so, avoid situations like that especially because in our business uh like and i mean video production in general especially on the corporate mm-hmm. end uh nothing is ever guaranteed for the year yeah of course because yeah. that's like their our biggest fear almost is like okay like we had a good year last year and you know we have a good couple months coming up but what about after that nothing's ever like set in stone that's the thing i, I really don't like about we're it we're afraid of the flywheel stopping that's that's the yeah. thing you know yeah. <laughs> you can't rely on a flywheel to build the to build a massive business you know and, and there's uh, always like random yeah. circumstances that affect that too like yeah. last year was the economy just tanked hard yeah. and like you know everyone was getting affected by that yeah of course. um so yeah i guess it's that uh expansion into the u.s would definitely be one of our goals in the next five to ten years Uh, but again like we'd still want to be like a like a smaller company i don't i don't i I think we were even going to carol and i were going through the numbers and i was like you know what we could hit like some like we don't need to be like a 10 million dollar company and have all those headaches we could be like a tenth of that and like we'd still be fine on the personal end we'd be pulling some pretty big salaries and like the stresses wouldn't be that high like it's so so interesting you should say that we um after we did the first feature film um you know we we, we took everything that we learned and um we we doubled revenue in in like a year and a half um so we doubled revenue because we doubled the amount of work we were doing but like Ian and I still like made the same salary. It was, it was just like yeah. Oh, I, but now we're working longer hours. Yeah. And yeah. um, and and you know the, in in the organization, uh, Ian's still in. I'm, I I I stepped out. I've been in it for seven years. So EO, which is a great organization. You know they talk about this. Do you want to be, you know, you want to be a million dollar company where you've got a thirty percent, you know, margin, or do you want to be a ten million dollar company with this three percent margin you know yeah you're making the same money you know that do you know do you guys know this one revenue is vanity profit is sanity and cash is king oh yeah. i love that that's great i always yeah. just heard of the last bit cash is king yeah. and then another word other cash two is king. Well, well cash is king means, revenue okay so revenue, revenue is, what, is vanity this is vanity reven- okay. revenue is yeah. vanity profit yeah. is sanity yes. cash is king Revenue yeah, is like bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, dude, I do it. You say, oh, yeah, but what's your profit cause, margin? What's yeah. your net? What's your cost? You know? that's, that's what they always do in the Shark Tank, you know, whenever people are saying, like, oh, how, what were your sales last year? It's like, oh, yeah, we made, like, 20 million in sales. Like, what was your profit? Like, ten dollars it's like what <laughs> yeah because it's like think of it like would you rather have a business with like you pretty much uh nailed it on the head damien is that if you get like hundred and fifty thousand dollars in revenue but fifty thousand is is um is profit versus five hundred and fifty thousand in revenue but again still fifty thousand as profit it's like you're doing a hell of a lot more work and a lot more stress for the yeah. same money. So like yeah. when you're scaling, there has to be a relative like growth in that sense as well. Yeah. So um, I'll, 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 if it's cool, I'll just touch on a couple of those before mm-hmm. we go. Yeah, go so um, profit is sanity. You know, profit is, is, is about your business. So we, 
we when we when we bid on a job we look at what we have a profit margin and if we can't make our profit margin we don't take the job mm-hmm. yeah and um we are now probably just as concerned about what our profit margin is as we are about how much work we've got get got coming in you know yeah. so we've we we really and again we 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 pride ourselves on giving our clients like just the best product they're ever going to get you know um but we're a business we need to make money too so so it becomes just vitally the numbers important. yeah and then cash is king means that like you need ca- companies need cash flow mm-hmm. yep. you know you need you need operating cash on hand and um, you know suddenly like you get a brilliant opportunity and but you, maybe you need to buy a new piece of equipment or you need to hire an expert and the experts like well i don't know you guys so you got to pay me up front and and if you don't have the cash on hand to do that yeah. you know and then you're in trouble you know yeah you should never be uh struggling for cash to the point where you have to figure out a way to 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 supplement that like i i've seen other people in our industry who <clears throat> sometimes their cash flow has gotten so low to the point where they've had to take out some loans which i think is yeah, number one. wild yeah. to to try to maintain your cash flow it's like it, like that should be purely for emergency not for day to day yeah you're doing something no, wrong if you got to that point that's what I yeah think. Especially yeah, if you're exactly. like a smaller company too. Like I can understand with like bigger companies, you might need you might need it. Maybe you have like a big staff and you can't just yeah. tell your staff I can't pay your salary this month that the whole thing's gonna collapse, right? So Yeah, like if you're if you're a smaller business and you're at that stage, it's good to just revisit your process and see where yeah how you can improve it so that you don't have to do that because then, yeah, un- unfortunately you get on the hook and you're also losing money paying for interest that you didn't need to do. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. We, we, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's this, the stuff we look at all the time. And, um, and also for loans for small businesses, banks are so stingy. So oh, yeah. if you're getting a big loan, it's on your personal end. The bank's not giving you yeah like for ours like oh my god even for our credit cards like our business credit cards they're so stingy with our credit limits it's shocking like on our personal end it's like 10 times higher it's like what the hell's going on yeah 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 yeah. no i I, I was telling dario that i was thinking is because you know they look at businesses as you know they're not real people so they don't want to give too much freedom to them you know like because technically a business or a corporation is an individual what happens if that individual just tanks you know they disappear whereas an actual person they give more credit because that person's real that'll that'll chase them i don't know if that's the reason but well i i I call bs on that because a person can always claim even like a a real person uh can can claim bankruptcy and get out of it but i mean like look there'll be people selling credit cards giving random people at a gas station a five thousand dollar credit limit yeah, we had to fight tooth and nail, and they barely gave us somewhere close. It's like what, like, <laughs> but yet, but yet, here's the funny thing: like, like our our economy is mostly like run by small businesses. Yet, like, like the banks hate them. <laughs> They're like so like rough on us. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's it's totally true. But we we um, we we've you know touched wood. We've never had to take a loan. Um, 
Well, but that's not exactly true. I've I've loaned I've loaned the business money when we've been in a pinch. Um, oh, but that's different. That's different. That's, but that's you. Different, that's but you that's putting your own. own yeah, like everyone has to do that. Like in the beginning, that's what we had to do. Like, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Requiring resources, like you're 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 not necessarily just loaning out, but like you're investing in your business so that yeah. it stays afloat. Yeah. That's what you have to do. Yeah. early on you can't start a business without your own capital <laughs> it doesn't yeah. just no, of yeah. magically appear magic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the big one for us has definitely been like you know um, we have a process for everything we yep. have a strategy for everything you know I, that's why I asked you about where do you want to be in 10 years I would I would um and this is a, I'm sharing, not giving advice. And I don't, yeah. And, um, my share is that um, I have been more successful personally and as a business when I have planned out where I want to be, you know. Mm. So yeah. we have we have a one year plan, we have a three year plan, we have a five year plan, we have a ten year plan, and we spend time talking about it. And it's like, okay, well. This is where we want to be in 10 years. Where do we need to be in five years? This is where we need to be in five years. Where do we need to be in three years? You know, we should and do that, Kiro. We normally do it uh, every January, but we kind of didn't this year. Well, this year you were gone on vacation at the beginning when we usually that's do true. that. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, so I would, yeah. um, I would recommend, uh, oh, what's his name? There's a guy who's written a book called Vivid Vision. It's a small book, but he has a TED talk. So if you look up TED Talk, Vivid Vision, it's a 15-minute TED Talk. And he explains, he does a Cameron Harold? Yeah, Cameron Harold. Okay. So oh. I, I, I'll highly recommend you, you listen. If, if you're going to plan out your strategy, go, 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 go just listen to that. It's 15 okay. minutes at your time. And, we'll and it'll give you an out. idea of, of one way, it's not the only way, of one way of, of how you write that out, you know. But like, I mean, my 10-year plan, it's like I talk about where I am, you know. What am I, you know, everything. How am I feeling? Where am I? What am I doing? What, yeah. what does my personal life look Everything, you know. And it's a goal, you know. But it, if, if you haven't set that goal, you know, that's why, like, okay, you guys want to expand into the U.S. Well, how are you going to do that, yeah. you know? But, but, what, what are the steps that you're putting in place to do that? I think probably maybe unconsciously or consciously one of the steps you're doing is what you're doing in this in this podcast and and getting a feel for what that would look like if you were in the u.s and then and interviewing you know companies that are here in the u.s you know so um but yeah like i you know i think you guys have got a really great head start you know Right from the get-go, you guys have treated this like a business. It took me like seven years to figure. Oh no, no, no! It wasn't right from no, the get-go. Let like me that. tell you that, Damien, Damien. It was we up until the pandemic, and we talked about this in our early episodes of the podcast. Is about how it was like we were just two freelancers working together up until that point, and when the pandemic yeah. hit, it all fell apart. So what we realized we had to do, and actually we learned it by starting this podcast, was, damn, we've been doing everything wrong tear down the foundation yeah. and we basically restarted the business in 2021 that's essentially it so this okay. is technically year four technically okay. yeah. cool. that's awesome <laughs> well we've learned like no no we're not we're not we're not messiahs in 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 the business world okay? <laughs> <laughs> far from it 
yeah but anyways um look we'll we'll let you go because uh we know you have a a, a meeting in a, in a couple minutes damien but uh thanks for jumping on honestly this has been such a great chat and thank you for being our first guest of 2024 <laughs> yeah. hey it's, it's an absolute pleasure i love what you guys are doing um i i really respect and admire the energy that you're putting into this dario i really appreciate you for reaching out to me Thank and you. putting up with me like counseling on me like a bunch of times i'm so sorry <laughs> well now we know why uh, yeah busy <laughs> man just shows you're filming <laughs> yeah yeah so uh but, but you guys rock keep it up and, you too man um, I, and definitely uh I, I love now that there's a resource that i can reach out to if we've got stuff in in toronto or wherever in canada you know so and yeah. uh let's stay in touch you know, for sure, man. Yeah, um, even in um, other parts of the states, if you need, like we've had a few guests uh, in Seattle, North Carolina, Boston. So, cool. um, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, all. I was actually talking to my team about that. I'm like, hey, we've got the, these guys, <coughs> a, a genius. So, like, um, so absolutely, yeah. It's good. It's good to know. Okay, awesome. so before we end off, guys, if you want to find Damien, he's at braveman.media. So not bravemanmedia.com. It's braveman.media. And he's based okay. in Florida, and you said in Delray, correct? In Delray, yeah. It was South Where, Florida, so Miami, South, you know. Oh, okay. And which parts do you, like, service? Because I know on your website, you actually had a couple I saw New York cities as well. well. So yeah. we, 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 um, we are based in South Florida. Yeah, we mm-hmm. shoot all over the United States. Right. Ah, oh, got it. Okay, so cool. guys, if you need him for shoots outside of South Florida as well, he's good for it. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks, Damien. All right. Thank you. You guys rock. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to this episode of Creatives Grab Coffee. Please make sure to follow and engage with us on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, YouTube, and your favorite podcast app. Creatives Grab Coffee is created by Labs Productions, a video production company based in Toronto, Canada. Creatives Grab Coffee is also sponsored by... My name is Miran. Welcome to Canada Film Equipment. We are a boutique rental house based in Toronto. We are here to help you guys out with all production sizes. Feel free to contact us to get a quote if you are a production house and you're looking for lighting, camera packages, or lighting and group band packages. You can see our contact information in the link below. We are more than happy to help you guys out. Make sure you follow and subscribe to creativesgrabcoffee.com. Thank you. Hey, what's up everybody? I'm Matt, welcome to Audio Process. We are a boutique audio company doing location sound, sound design, post sound, ADR, Foley. We service equipment. We do all your audio needs here in Toronto. We got you covered. Come on down, audioprocess.ca. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, and all of the other internet things to creativesgrabcoffee.com. They'll be waiting for you, I'll be waiting for you, and we're all gonna have a real good time. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next one.